everybody, it's the Way of Rock podcast with Jeff and Jack. We're on episode 60, and how you doing, Jack? It's been a bit. I'm doing all right. It's uh, It has been a bit, but... Uh... We are back, and uh, looking ahead at the calendar, it looks like we will be back regularly, at least for the time being. I think both of us underestimated how busy we would be this spring. Yes, it was... Uh... It was it was a busy time, uh, a lot going on. Yeah, of course you were in school, and that's always unpredictable. You never know if it's going to be an easy semester or a hard semester. Apparently, it was a little a little hard for you this semester. A lot of a lot of time commitments. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, you know, it's school. They like to make you do things and and have you turn things in and go to things and. And of course, we had a little. Little family kind of situation going on here that takes a lot of time. No reason to get into it, but boy, it uh, it really takes a lot of time and time away from things like this. But that is uh, at least somewhat behind us now, so we should be back on a regular weekly basis. At least that is the plan. Yeah, no, you know, it. it go ahead and cut this out. You, you blindsided me. I wasn't expecting you to drink some coffee. Everybody, it's the Way of Rock podcast with Jeff and Jack. It's episode sixty, and we are back. How's it going, Jack? It's going all right. Going, going. It's going. Your semester of school is over with. You are home for the time being. Yes, very. We're very. looking forward to getting back to a more regular schedule. We've uh, we've taken a few weeks off. We both underestimated how busy this spring would be for the both of us. Yeah, it got a. Uh, it got a little. A little wacky for both of us. It did. I know school is a little time consuming for you, and we had some other stuff going on here, family wise, that we won't get into. But uh, it took a lot of time. Hopefully, it's mostly behind us. I know this semester is behind you, so we're looking forward to a summer of podcasting. Yeah, no, it uh, a lot of a lot of topics to talk about this summer. You know, um, there's there's still a few few music uh tours to happen and albums to release and a lot of that stuff that so we'll be yeah we'll be the summer of live music for sure we've we've been to a few shows in the last few weeks and that's what we're going to talk about today but we've also got plenty coming up down the down the line going through i think we've got tickets to stuff through september so far yeah there's um i can't really think of most of what's going on throughout the summer but i know that Come early fall, late summer. There's um, a few shows that we're we're interested coming up in. Yeah, we've got tons coming up. We'll talk about it all here in a minute. But first, I want to direct everybody to itsthewayofrock.com. That is our website, and that is where you can listen to the episodes of the podcast, including this one. And you can also get some merch. We've got T-shirts up there. We're gonna do a little redesign of the whole store, and I've got a different um. I've got a different supplier, I guess, for lack of a better term. So there's going to be kind of a revamp of that. But for people who just want to go to the website and and pick up some merch, that won't change. You just go there, you click through, and you can use a promo code, ROCK1, that's all caps, ROCK1, 
and save yourself 15% on some merch. So go do that now. It's the way rock.com and look for some newer, cooler designs to come down in the next couple of weeks. But back to the live shows. Yeah, we've got, we've got plenty of stuff to talk about this summer. As far as live shows, more music is coming down the pike. There's just tons and tons of albums being released this summer. So it's, it's going to be a, a, a fun time to talk about all the, all the music that we're getting to listen to and to see live. Yeah. You know, there's been, um, just in these last couple of weeks, there've been a, a, a few albums that have dropped. Um, of course we, we kind of went on a, a little bender where we were, at least I was seeing a show kind of every, every couple of days for, um, about a week. Um, saw a lot of, a lot of great bands in a, in a short amount of time. So, we did. Going back about a week and a half, we saw The Who in Kansas City. Not the ones that sing Baba O'Reilly, but rather mo- the Mongolian throat singer. Yes, the fun Mongols. Uh, yeah, we got, we, we got to see them. I got to see them again for the second time. Uh, this time in a headlining set as opposed to opening for Hailstorm. Uh, but they, uh, I don't know if you want to jump right into it. Or, oh or, yeah, that's yeah. why I brought it up. Okay, it was called it was called a transition. Yeah, but often you transition, then I'll start talking about the thing you transition to, then you transition out of it. I don't think that's that's happened. one of your favorite moves to do. I don't think that's happened. So we got to see the Hue. They got they brought out um, a band called. Are, are, are we going with the Who or the Hue? I like to. I don't know if it makes a difference. I like Hue just because it differentiates it and makes it less confusing. It does, but we want to be accurate as well. It, and, and the reason I ask is we've always kind of gone with that pronunciation because it does differentiate. And it kind of sounds cool, but everybody at the show was just chanting Who, Who, Who. Well, yeah, because chanting "hue, hue, hue" is a little harder. I also, I think, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna. The way that I think about it is one: there is not a single opinion in Kansas City that I trust more than myself. <laughs> Two. I, 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 I reckon that the title is a loose translation from a, a different language, anyway. Well, that's it, true. So I don't know how strict the the rules are. The singer from the opening band did call them the Who. Yeah, I'm sure it might be the Who. I also acknowledge that there's another band called the Who, and I don't think you can do that. So, <laughs> all right. Well, but anyway, what were you going to say about? As they brought out a band called the Haunt, uh, less controversial name, um, and I can't really really remember much about them. Um, what the haunt? The haunt. I do. It was a uh, uh, brother and sister team. Brother sister team. Uh, I had forgotten their name. To be quite honest, I can picture them and I can hear them, but I, I couldn't remember their name. Them. I didn't really care for them. They were kind of like a. You kind of called them goth, no doubt. Yeah, kind of a goth, <laughs> no doubt. Um, she definitely sounded a lot like Gwen Stefani in my head. That's what I was thinking about the whole time. Yeah, I mean they were they were fine. They were fine. Um, there's a few times where he said there's a couple songs left, and I was like, great. And then they played a couple songs, and then he was like, all right, we have a couple more. We're like, this is much how I felt the other night during Cradle of Filth, but we'll get to that in a few. Um, first of all, we saw The Who or The Who in Kansas City at the Truman, which is a venue I'd never been to before. Yes. And I, I like it. It's just a big open box. Yeah. It's, um, we were theorizing that it probably used to be like an old auto parts, yeah, uh, yeah, mechanic shop. shop, something like that. Uh, but but now it's they've turned it into a 
a, a, I don't want to say a nice venue because there's not too many nice venues in Kansas City. There's just venues in Kansas City. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it is a big open box. I think it sounds really good. You can see if you're tall enough, you can see basically from anywhere. Um, there's more space than it needs, so it doesn't get like super jam-packed like some of uh, the smaller shows that we've been to in the past have been. Um, even this one that drew a lot of people, there's still room to exist. There's a balcony. Yeah, there's a balcony. Um, overall, I I, I think I think I've always liked it. I've always thought it was a pretty solid venue. Uh, yeah, I was really and and talking about the crowd because it was it was a a pretty well attended show, a very diverse crowd. It was. You had a lot of elderly people, which I. I don't know if I'd call them elderly. I would call them elderly. Older folks. Folks with gray hair. Folks with gray hair that definitely have grandkids. <laughs> um, which I would... Although that happens at a lot of rock shows now. There's a lot of old rock guys out there. There are. Stuff. No, these are... I mean, we saw everything from like a, like couples dressed as if they were going to the theater to, you know, your standard metalheads at the show to kind of younger kids that you didn't know if they'd ever been to a show. I mean, it was a really, a really diverse crowd as far as the types of people that were there, which was kind of cool. It it makes me wonder how, how they know about that band anyway. I mean, I, I can't remember how we discovered them. We discovered them from a red flag advertisement the day after the show. No, it wasn't the red flag. It was the ready room. The ready room. But didn't we, didn't that just coincide with, us hearing them for the first time. Oh, no, that that was how I discovered them because gotcha. it was it was like a video ad. Okay, um, where it had their music in it. Oh, okay, um, I think I remember that now. And but again, the ad was for like a, the day before. Um, but since Instagram doesn't try to make an algorithm that makes sense, right? Yeah, you see, still, oh, this or, happened six days ago. Thanks, yeah, Instagram. Thanks, Instagram. Uh. I'm going to put a pin in that. I'm going to give a little Instagram rant now because I'm 30 seconds away from deleting the app entirely. Their their new gimmick is that they show you ads for like normal people. So I every third post, I get a sponsored ad and it's like... Oh, it's just some random... It's just like some random person. Instagram user. That, like, that just means that they bought an ad. They bought an ad, but like that's all. I don't get normal ads anymore. I just get... People, uh, I don't think Instagram has normal ads. No, they do. I get used to get normal ads on Instagram. I digress. You do. Getting back to that show. Yeah, we discovered... Okay, so we discovered them from that video ad, and we were like, hey, this looks kind of cool, and Let's you go. looked at the date, and it was literally like the day before. Yeah, well, oh. Well, but, this defeats the purpose of advertising. But that led us down the path of discovering their music. Yeah, and that coincided time-wise around the same time I don't know if the album was out yet, but it was about to be out or something. Right. Um, and then it, it came out. We both gave it a listen. We're like, this is crazy. Yeah, and this probably would have been going back to like 2019. Late 2019. Yeah. I think uh, September-ish of that year. Yeah, it was very cool to discover a band. You know, obviously they're they're from Mongolia, so they're using the traditional instruments and sounds, but mixing that with electric guitar and bass and drums like a like a traditional rock band and they're marrying those two sounds and it's just it's a very cool uh effect that they get they you know you all their all their songs are in their language you can't sing along <laughs> there's there's no telling what they're saying 
but it's fine. It all works. It just, it just sounds cool. It's got a great groove to it. It and, does. And they're very fun live. They're very fun. Yeah. And there's, you know, they, there's nine of them roughly. And they're not a ska band. I was going to say they're a ska band, but, uh, you know, you have two guys on, I probably should have researched and found out what all these instruments are called, but I don't even know where to begin looking for, uh, that kind of information. You have two guys on the stand-up traditional Chinese Mongolian kind of violin thing. And then you have one guy that has a thing that's like a guitar that's also kind of more of a traditional um electric acoustic. It's like triangular shaped. Uh then they also got another a, a second drummer who's playing kind of a timpani-esque um kettle drum type things. And then yeah, you got the 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 guitar player and the bass player that kind of stay in the back, the drummer. But they all sing. They all uh, break in. There's there's not really one lead singer. There's a guy who only sings, but he splits duties with um, some of the other guys. I I I think I've already looked into their names, and I I think it's above my pay grade. Well, I was going to go ahead and uh, talk about their instruments yeah, as I've it. looked them up, but I cannot pronounce any of these words. Ah. So I don't if that's a good idea but yeah there is the 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 one gentleman who only sings but he also plays kind of a a a flute type instrument yes he also plays yeah he keeps his flutes holstered in his uh his little pocket and then he he just pulls them out whenever he needs he plays those he also plays um the thing you put in your mouth and flick that oh yeah 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 um, I don't know what the proper term for that instrument is, and I'm not going to say the colloquial term because I don't know if that's offensive or not. But it, that's a that's 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 an instrument that is traditionally found in American music, like in the Appalachian Mountains and some old kind of folk music in in America as well. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. I'm going to look harp. that up. It is. Yeah, and uh, you know they played a full. I mean, they they don't have that many songs to play, so I I reckon they probably played mostly their their album uh and then they they came out for the encore and played sad but true um which was their the cover that they did for that black album that uh came out last year and i i'll go on record and i think sad but true might be the only the only cover on that album that i am like happy exists i think everything else could have just not happened they gave Weezer like nine songs and they said, Hey Weezer, play these songs. So apparently the kind of triangular guitar looking thing yes. that they play, that I can't pronounce the the, the Mongolian uh, pronunciation, but it also is known as the horsehead fiddle. The horsehead fiddle. It's a traditional Mongolian bowed stringed instrument and is one of the most important musical instruments of the Mongol people and considered a symbol of the nation of Mongolia. So Great. they had two of those. Okay. Yes. Um, Here's right. a photo. Yes, that thing. For, that's for Jack's purposes, not for not for those of you in the audience. Yeah. So they they um they have those and and they all kind of dress up in how you'd expect uh in, in like traditional Mongolian wear uh, where where like one of them he he has his like ponytail but it's like one of those like he kind of almost like an antenna it's it's super tightly wrapped in it and it goes high into his, the air and they all have like cool leathery almost warrior-esque uh 
Yeah, they definitely go with the the traditional type of 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 stage outfits that make them look like they're riding off into battle as soon as the show's over. Yeah, and uh, you know their their set was it was really good. The, you know, it, it's one of the it's a very cool thing to see live, um, especially your first time. I had already seen it, so I mean, again, I knew what, I knew what I was getting into. But I think when you haven't seen it before even if you know the songs and whatnot when you see it the first time it's very almost surreal like to to get five or six guys on stage kind of harmonizing their throat singing together is a very cool thing um and yeah they 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 played all the hits and i say the hits loosely but they played all the the hits i thought they were gonna play um yeah, and it was it was just a it was a really good show. I don't I don't know how else to elaborate on it because it's kind of a hard show to to talk about. You know, there there's not much there. There wasn't a drum solo or a guitar solo or yeah, was, nothing like that. It was just you know straight into one. Not a lot of banter either, as they really don't speak English. Yeah, they um, they have a few of their phrases that yeah. they they recycle. And, you know, the the thank you and the we love you and that that type of thing. They do a lot of the, uh, beating the, their chest. The mouth instrument that I was talking about. It's it's. Also known as a mouth harp, so we'll call it that. The mouth harp. The mouth. The mouth harp. Ma- a gigaw. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> yeah, that is one of the names. Might as well use that. <laughs> but contrary to uh, the Americanized names, this this uh, this instrument originated in China, huh. which explains why how the Mongols got a hand of it. Mongols got so a hold of it. Tell me this. I think y- um, it's acceptable either way, but. Do you think are are we are we going with Mongolian or Mongols? Because I've seen both in. I don't know. Okay, I don't know the answer to that question. All right, I'm not. I'll take it. I'm I'm many years out of college geography. Okay, so that was the hue. Do you have any? And I I want to talk more about them, but I don't know what else to say. I think if you if you have the opportunity to go see the hue, it looks like go see the hue. If you're talking about a person that person is a mongol they're a mongol if you're talking if you're describing something that is from mongolia it's mongolian, it's mongolian. okay i'll take that it seems to be the okay the proper usage of that i'm okay with that you can just tell how american we are since we <laughs> we don't we don't bother with any such things over here it's just you know whatever so yeah that was uh that was a fine show at the truman um a few days after that, I could not make this one, but you got to go to the middle of the state to see Breaking Benjamin. I did. So this was a fairly uh, stacked bill. Um, there's an acoustic Lacey Sturm performance uh, to open up the night. It was Lacey and her husband, Josh, just an acoustic guitar and Lacey singing. Unfortunately, this particular venue isn't big in the business in letting people in easily you have to go through like a kind of a a trail to get there and it's a very hard venue to get into and there's only one entrance and when there's a sold out show with 20,000 people on the way it gets slowed down a little bit Um, yeah that's a weird place to have a venue that large because for one thing it's not it's not in a big town it's in a touristy area a touristy area and touristy areas while while they might draw a lot of people don't necessarily have a good infrastructure. They don't. As far as, I mean, outside of the concert venue, everything from roads leading to it, to hotels, to restaurants. I mean, it's 
it's it's a it's a destination in our state that draws hundreds of thousands of people every year. But if you're drawing that many at one time, it'll really throw a wrench in the the evening. Yeah. So there's, I mean, parking. There's one road to to parking, which I guess a lot of venues technically have. But you know, you, we were sitting in a when Lacey came out, she opened with her her single "Impossible" that she kind of resurged with and. That all the way back in 2016 now, um, and we heard it while we were kind of just sitting in in a standstill in traffic. Uh, once we finally got parked, we were walking, and we got to the venue. And there's a huge line because they they again didn't really have a a way of getting guys people in fast. Usually there's there's a bunch of gates, and you just kind of go, and they they try to make it as fast as possible. I think there was there's a bag line and a not bag line and you just uh got in when you got in and we got in right as kind of as our tickets were getting checked uh tickets were getting checked Lacey was playing her final song which was uh, probably all around me that that sounds uh that sounds right which kind of bummed us out because we thought that we and we had missed Lacey and then we we got to our seats and quick changeover uh, Star Set came out again. I think we talked extensively about Star Set, and we saw them the last time. And um, you know, they 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 played thirty minutes, forty five minutes, maybe. They they um they played their hits. It was a good show. Um, the crowd seemed to like them. I don't know how known they were to the crowd. I feel I still feel like they're fairly underground. Um, I don't know who knows about them and whatnot. But the, what I really want to talk about is uh, is we got to see Seether for the the hundredth time, <laughs> uh, and it was a straight, straight up Seether show. You know, right. you, you you expect you come out and do their thing. Yeah, Seether comes out and plays their thing. I'll get I'll do two things. One, I'll secede because I I got in a a brief. I believe you were present for this a disagreement whether Sean Morgan has an accent or not, and Sean Morgan's accent was out. I never heard his accent like I... You used to argue with me whether or not Sully had an accident. Ac- accent. Sully has overdone his accent as the time has gone on. <laughs> he didn't always sound as Bostonian as he does now. Okay. So, But yeah, Seether's from South Africa, and uh, which means that they have... Um, kind of. It's almost more like a New Zealand accent. Well, it's, it's actually because the Dutch settled South Africa. Yeah, it's not Dutch. How, how many Dutch have you spoken to recently? You can bring up your... I know what Dutch people sound like. They don't sound like that. No, it's kind of a mix of like... Because I know they, they also had a lot of British rule, as everywhere did. But anyway, so it's kind of a... His specifically sounded like if I heard him, I would have said New Zealand. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is an, it is an accent that, that's a, a mixture of several. It is. It's a yeah, weird it's accent. It's a weird accent. And uh, so then they... Um, and one thing, if you guys have ever seen Seether, you know Sean's not a big talker. The reason no one knew he had an accent is because he doesn't really do much talking. He tur- he plays this looper and he walks off the stage and gets a drink of water. This one, particularly, he had a, a moment where he started talking. And I texted you earlier in the set because they played Broken. And I assumed if anyone was going to be doing any crossovers where they bring out a particular singer to come sing with them, 
the song to do would be Broken. You play Broken and you bring out Lacey to bring the sing the Amy Lee parts. Right. And it stands to reason. So Broken pl- gets played. Amy Lacey Sturm does not come out. There's much dismay. Um, a couple songs later, he he starts promoting um, Lacey Sturm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, what could they possibly play? Um, but as Lacey's coming out, the bass player kind of starts playing um, a loose intro to the hit Flyleaf song, I'm So Sick, which was a little too heavy to be put into the acoustic performance uh, when Lacey played earlier. Correct. And there was much rejoicing. Uh, so we got to see Lacey Sturm uh, play I'm So Sick with uh, with the band of Seether. And it was, you know, that that's one of the best female-fronted songs in rock history, um, I think it's fair to say. Just the 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 switching between Lacey's singing voice and then she does the Lacey screaming, which I imagine there had to be a lot of people there that they may they may have loosely known of a fly leaf and they they may have heard the name Lacey Stern before, but they weren't aware of what Lacey's capable of right. at in her tiny little four six frame. Um especially the people that saw her, you know, they saw her acoustic show yeah they probably figured oh yeah, nice yeah. little uh nice. you know acoustic singer-songwriter nice thing going on here singer-songwriter thing and then she comes out and, and does i'm so sick and you're like oh you can do that um but i think that was the highlight of the night um i haven't got into breaking benjamin and she came out and sang with with breaking benjamin yes, too right she did um breaking benjamin actually had every singer come out and do a song with them um it's like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was, yeah. No, they earlier in the show they had Dustin Bates, the singer Star Set, come out um, and do the song "Breath," which we theorized may have happened because um, they have a song. Star Set has a song featuring Ben um, coming out soon. And when I look went up to look that up, I found a bunch of videos from 2017 where Star Set uh, or Dustin was coming out and, and singing "Breath" with them. So I thought that was a, a possibility kind of before the show started. They bring him out. Uh, he does breath. And then Lacey came out to do Dear Agony. Um, and then they brought out uh, Sean Morgan to do um, Diary of Jane to close the night out. Which I was funny because before they do, you know how you've seen Ben live before. And he's the exact opposite of Sean Morgan. Right. He's the happiest guy ever. Yeah. Very, very social. A lot of banter. Yeah. And so he's kind of. He's, of tossing water to the crowd. He's. He's uh, kind of forcing Sean to, to do banter, and Sean just goes, I don't even know this song, <laughs> which I thought was the, uh, the funniest banter of the night. But yeah, that, I mean, Seether played all of the songs you'd expect Seether to play. Um, I get them all mixed up. I, can't, I don't know if this song is gasoline or country song or, you know. The- I'm so bad with titles. <laughs> One of my favorite, probably my favorite band of all time is Led Zeppelin. And I still get their titles mixed up. I mean, obviously the big ones like Black Dog or, you know, Ramble On or something, but there's a lot of deep cuts on Zeppelin's albums that I've listened to a million times in the last, you know, 45 years or whatever. And if one came on, I would sing along with it and not be able to tell you the title. Yeah. um, That happens with a few bands, especially I can't uh, provide a particular one, but I think it was it was uh, it was Crowbot actually not this last time that I saw Crowbot but when I saw Crowbot um, at Rockfest I knew every word of their set and I didn't know the name of the song until the chorus came. 
like I knew I knew the the verses bar for bar, and then I was like, I don't know. You know, I I kind of chalk that up to the way we listen to music now, because you know when I was a kid, you had to put on an album and listen to that album, and while you were listening to the album, typically you were just reading the album. Yes, it was kind of like kind of like baseball cards back in the day. I can tell you all sorts of statistics from ball players in the seventies and the eighties because I used to sit and read baseball cards <laughs> and music was kind of the same way. And now, now, unless, you know, if you're listening to music and you're driving on, you know, you're listening from your phone or, you know, maybe you're listening to the radio, but you don't have that experience of just sitting down and focusing on that music as much as you did back then. And I know now, at least with iTunes, you can, you can punch up information on the, on the song you're listening to, which is very cool. Even look at the lyrics. Yes, you can on, look on a lot of them, um, and and that and that kind of helps, I guess. Now, I don't know how many people know you can do that, but I it it does seem it, I, at least in my in my view for me, somebody somebody's older. It just seems like that since that experience is not there anymore, that might be why that is the case with a lot of songs. Like you recognize a song, you hear it all the time, but I, I couldn't. A lot of people don't even know who sings a song they like. Yeah, no, that that is okay, and a lot of that also comes from a lot of at least my generation. They do a lot of listening to playlists that they didn't make, right? Exactly, and they'll just say, "Oh, I like that song." And punch they, up a Spotify playlist. Have or no something. idea what it is, or I don't listen to playlists. I think playlists are um, silly. I like to listen because I'm a boomer. I like to listen to albums top to bottom. But uh, then uh, the the last show of the night. I think Breaking Benjamin put on the the best uh, show I've seen from them, maybe barring their comeback that we saw back in 2015, yeah. uh, whenever that was. Oh, they put on a great show. I'm I was I was sad to miss that show because I I did have a ticket and I something else happened I couldn't go, but uh, yeah, it really bummed me out because I I do enjoy seeing Breaking Benjamin live. Luckily, we get to see them later this summer. Yeah, with Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains uh, in Bush, which. Another funny little thing. I don't remember if you remember a couple years ago, 2019 maybe, there's a live video of Breaking Benjamin playing Wood with Gavin Rossdale of Bush. That's right. And now uh, the two of them are touring with Alice in Chains. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that show. That, that'll that be a really good time. I've never seen Bush. I know we had the opportunity to several years ago, but we it was, it was when The Urge got back together, the local band The Urge, and they brought down the house and... Everyone left. Everyone left, and I kind of felt bad for Bush. I think we were, you know, we were just kind of done for the evening anyway. So I don't know that we would have stuck around no matter who was playing. But, but yeah, that was that was the one opportunity that I've had to see Bush. I've I've never seen them, even though they've been around, you know, almost thirty years now. So yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that. But I think one, I think because they do have that bigger tour kind of locked and loaded. They kind of took a few liberties with this set list. It was a lot of old stuff they maybe played. Um, out of the the two albums that they played of that they've released since they've come back in this new iteration, they played um, you know the the two off of um, Dark Before Dawn, Failure, and Angels Fall. Then they only played Red Cold River off the the newest. Um, other than that, it was a lot of a lot of um, stuff off of. The two, Dear Agony and um, whatever the other one is that looks the same. I can't, We Are Not Your Kind or something. That's a Slipknot album, but it's something uh, something along those lines. 
any other day of the week I can name all the Breaking Benjamin albums. But uh, they play like um, Break My Fall, which is a, a, a deep cut you won't hear live too often. They played Follow. They played, um, you know, they, they, they usually never play Dear Agony. But of course, they were able to play that and, and bring out Lacey to play that. Um, you know, there's they they did a lot where you can kind of tell. Uh, I know there there's been I don't know how corroborated it is, but there's been rumors that that touring is hard on Ben's body, um, and you can kind of see that they they definitely pick and choose where they can take the load off um, without you noticing that they're taking the load off. Does he have an illness or I don't like an autoimmune disease or something? I don't know if that's publicly known. Um, I think. I, I've really never looked too far into it, but I, I've heard that it just in the past I've heard uh, not even like anyone credible, like someone at a concert talking about just how um, it's good to see him touring because they know that in the past he's he's had a, a, a health issues while touring. Um, and, you know, he, he kind of he's passed off most of the Cookie Monster duties to uh, the bass player who. I can't remember his name, Aaron Bruchester or something. I want to say Aaron Nordstrom, but that's the Gemini Syndrome guy. Uh, Keith Wallen does, um, he'll, he usually sings sooner or later in the, um, but they didn't play sooner or later this time around. He, he sang a different song. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, and then, like I said, they brought out the, th- the, the three guests to, to help out on, on the other song. So you can kind of see where he's um, just kind of taking a little bit of stress off his body I mean, he's still giving it almost everything he's got. I feel like, you know, he, he does do those powerful, long screams that you'll see bands do. And you're like, that's very impressive. So it says here on the Wikipedia, okay. so take it for what it's worth, that due to um, some past alcohol abuse, Benjamin suffers from Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome. Okay. Which is... A disorder that mainly causes vision changes, ataxia, and impaired memory. Of course, now I have to look up ataxia. (laughs) But, okay, it's a neurological sign consisting of lack of voluntary coordination of muscle movements. So, you could see where that would harm, you know, your your live performances. So, including gait, abnormality, speech changes, and eye movement. Okay. So... So yeah, if he's suffering from basically a problem with his nervous system, then uh then that would explain that would explain that. It also says here that his fear of flying kept them from touring outside of the United States up until like 2016. Yeah, it did. That's why um if you go as far it it's kind of there's some interesting lore behind that. Um their album Phobia, which is the one that has Diary of Jane and whatnot. Right. The um, the album cover, if you can picture it, it's kind of, it, it has like a guy yeah, yeah. standing there, but he has like an outline of wings, um, which apparently that is in, uh, uh, an homage to his fear of flying. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know, I didn't know any of that, but and funny when they did finally go, um, overseas, the rest of the band flew, but I think he took a, he took a ferry ship, he took a ferry. It actually says his band members traveled via ferry ship as they, well. They may have. Um, that's probably why they were on a ferry ship for so long that they started right. arguing and broke up and sued each other. <laughs> but, um, no, but one, it's interesting that kind of talking about the, how hard touring can be on him. It's almost 
it almost, but it almost looks like there's nowhere he would rather be than on stage. You, right. Well, it's, it probably is is very. Um, it, it probably antagonizes him that he can't, you know, get through the one thing that he probably loves and it's, very easily. And it's interesting because if you think of bands that, like, you know, you think of like bands that never stop touring, like Shine Downs up there, you know. But Breaking Benjamin, it seems like they are always on the road, whether it is. You know they'll take the summer the this winter off, right? But every summer they every hit the summer, road. They're, they they're, do. They're doing the festival circuit. They're doing, you know, they're doing this spring tour, and then they're going back out in the summer when when this is done, where we're seeing them again. And it it's just funny because it's you know it 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 it's beating it beats him up, but it's you know when he's on stage, he's so happy, he's so fun. You know, he's he just he just feels like he's he's having the time of his life, and he's and it's it's really fun to see, especially thinking of you know he'll i don't know remember how long they were inactive for but half a decade at the very oh yeah least, yeah it was, it was know, every bit of that maybe even i don't know uh i mean seven years probably but. i always before we saw them in that reunion tour i had always regretted not seeing them early on because of all those bands that came out in the 2001 2002 era they always really stuck out to me yeah they i i really th- i mean I went through a phase where, you know, my entire life, I, I would always, I, I I thought that, you know, I thought Breaking Benjamin was the best band ever. I, I've, I've slowed down a lot. I think they're awesome. I think they're they're great live, and I, I think every album, I, I can't, album to album, I, I don't think I could pick out a miss, which leads me, before I, because I, I do want to talk about um, them a little bit more, I do think I'm going, I want to uh, bring back the every song ranked and i think that breaking Benjamin is one of the the bands that i know every song well enough that i could throw that together all right so i look forward to that i don't know how long i think it'll take me a bit longer than ghost did because ghost when i did it they only had uh three albums and i think breaking men's up to six or seven maybe but i i i think that'd be a, a a fun thing to do um a fun episode but it yeah they you know they they played a lot of older songs that you aren't going to see live very much um they had a great supporting cast of uh bands on the bill overall i think is the best breaking management show the venue you can see very well um you know we were a little bit further back but you yeah so except for the the logistics of getting in and out yeah once apparently that's there, a nice venue once you're in there it's a it's a great place to see a show um it it was kind of funny just seeing the people that go to shows rock shows in that part of the state you know you have like you have like a lot of girls that you know this is the they're not coming from the lake of the ozarks they're coming from wherever they are and this is their one night that they go out and they dress all up and then like you wait a few seconds longer and you see a guy with a big beer belly with a tucked in uh carhartt cut off in like a bass pro hat and that's his concert out that's his concert outfit um, and it's just funny just looking around and seeing how some people like they go to a, a rock show like this and that's where they do try and they do look nice. And you have other people that they don't need to try. It's just a rock show. You know, that was what was funny at the who the other night when we looked up in the balcony and we saw that couple that was probably 60 ish and the gentleman was wearing his slacks and, and button down long sleeve shirt and a tie on and he did have a tie on. And and his wife was wearing a dress, and they, like I said, they looked like they were heading out to the theater, and 
We're like, yeah, let's stop at this Truman place and see what's going on. It see what's going on. It, it it looked very out of place, but at the same time, he was standing up and you know digging the who. So, so it was, yeah, it was just that that was something unusual that you see at a at a show. And speaking of uh, different different people at at a show, Danzig pulled quite a uh, that was different crowd as well. Let's go back to when I first saw that announced. As long as I have been aware of Danzig, I have not been aware of a Danzig concert anywhere really near me. Yes. Um, you know, even when the Misfits get back together, all that stuff, never anywhere near us. Yes. Now, that being said, this show is in Kansas City. Apparently, he's played Kansas City before because I saw people wearing the t-shirts. He said it hasn't. it's been since 2003, didn't he? No, that was uh, the, that, that was Cradle of Filth. Okay, okay. Uh, I saw someone wearing a Danzig T-shirt from 2015. Okay, I mean, let's be honest, Danzig doesn't go out on tour that often. No, anyway, he doesn't. Plays a lot of one-off shows here and there. Hits the festivals sometimes, you know, festivals in Europe. But it, it and and this one is not a big tour either. It's something like ten dates or something like. Yeah, that. no, it's it's. A quick um. One. So yeah, I saw it get announced. I was like, oh my god, we have to go to this. I've never even had a chance to see Danzig before, much less. You know, here it is just right in front of us. So, you know, we grabbed those tickets. I grabbed them before we ever, ever even knew who was on the bill. Um, a very strange bill in some ways. Yeah, you, you had the opener opener, which upon further review, I've learned that I think their name's Necrofire. Yes. Um, and they were, they market themselves as black metal from Texas. Um, Interesting. And then you had uh, Crobot, who we were very excited to see, which is whatever Crobot is. Yeah, they have nothing to do with metal. Yeah. And they're, they're just a straightforward rock Straightforward. Yeah. You know, they got a little bit of funk to them. Right. They, they just like to have fun and uh, that whole thing. And then you had Cradle of Filth, which is a legendary UK extreme metal band. Um, and then you have Danzig, which, again, is whatever Danzig is. Just Yeah, just a real, like, you know... A metal he's a metal guy mixed with a little punk rock, a little blues. Like you know, yeah. it's you know, it's 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 metal that's not too heavy. Yeah. Like you like when you're listening to it, you're like, okay, this is heavy, but it's also like Mother's not a heavy song. It was heavy when they played it, you know. Yeah. And we also got it to It was um, heavy in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, well yeah. Um you, you know, know when it, every, when everything on the radio was, you know, kind of poison. You know, you'd hear Danzig, and you'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" It, you know, it was a very weird billing of a show. Um, yeah, it was a very strange mix. And I always those those strange mixes always make me they give me a little bit of anxiety because I always there's always that band that that doesn't necessarily fit. And in this case, it was Crobot, and it seemed like people enjoyed Crobot. Yeah, I think. But I, I thought back to like when we saw Volbeat at Knotfest and all of the Slipknot fans were like, what's this? Get him off the stage. And, and when there's something, because extreme metal guys, they don't like any, they don't like anything but metal. They don't. And they, they can't fathom a, a straightforward rock band being at their metal concert. So they, they get a little annoyed. Yeah, I think um, at least the Cradle of Filth because there, there was a few, definitely a few people there for Cradle of Oh, for sure. Um, but you could kind of see, at least I think they had a mutual understanding that this isn't a Cradle of Filth show, so there right. might not be it might not be pandered to them uh, <laughs> as much as they would like. But I mean, it was we we showed up. We kind of missed Necrofire. We 
they were playing while we walked in. Then we went to the bathroom and they were done. Right. Well, um, you know, th- th- this show doors were an hour earlier than normal. Yeah, we, which we didn't know yeah, until blind doors were open. Um, but so yeah, we missed that. But then we got you know Prime in there for for Crowbot, which was what was fantastic. They they played, I guess, a shorter set since they were the the second opener. But that I mean they 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 come out even as a second opener as a headliner. They do, yeah. They um that that's exactly how they came out at Rockfest with that little dragon egg thing that the singer's in and he busts out of. Unfortunately, uh, the sound guy decided to take this this set, this rep off. <laughs> he did. No, they didn't turn on the mic, so the entrance wasn't as cool as it should have been. And it's very strange. Like in in the age of in ear monitors, bands can come out and just start wailing away and not even know that they're not coming through the front of the house system. Yeah, which was exactly what was going on. the The singer was singing. The the guitar players are banging away, and, and like we can hear the music, just not yeah. the not the mics. Um, and eventually they, they like, halfway but, but they the can song, hear it in their ears, which yeah. is why they don't even know. And halfway through the song, they get it figured out. Um, and everyone starts cheering, which again, they don't even know is happening, but it was, yeah, it was, it was really funny because, um, cause I remember when they came out in, they opened with a different song and it was a, like when they came out, Rockfest loved them, um, which I'm sure, you know, when you bring that kind of energy and your songs are as approachable as Crobot, like you not everyone may be a Crobot fan, but they can watch a Crobot show and enjoy it. Right, exactly. They're, they're very not, entertaining. They're not being scared away by screams and and things of that nature and you know, they come out and they they put on this great show, the guitar player, I is one of my favorite modern guitar players in in music right now. He's He's fun to watch. He does that over the shoulder spin thing, which stresses me out every he time. He does stress me out too. He, he, he like, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. And then he gets it. But he gets, he, <laughs> and not only does he get it, he times it really well every time. He does. Um, and you know, he, he sings as well. They played, uh, whatever the song with Howard Jones is called, uh, kiss it goodbye. And he covered the Howard Jones part, um, which he did at Rockfest fest too. Um, you know, he, he's got a solid voice there. They just have so much energy uh, they're super fun. The music's awesome, and it, it it's you know it's a a blend of just kind of heavy music and drop D, but it's you know the singer can I don't know his name, but he can uh, he can, he can sing. Um, he gets a little Robert Plant whale going on. A little Robert Plant whale. You know he he runs across the stage. He loves to throw his mic stand away from him and then grab the the cord and pull it back that move and i know they've done it a million times but that move where he runs across the stage and jumps on the guitar player's shoulders stresses me out too yeah you know that that's not a hundred percent they've they've had to have some misses somewhere in there you you think um and that's that's a huge risk when you're when you're the second opener and and i know crowbot's got a pretty good fan base i know they're not an unknown band but when you're the second opener and you take the stage in a dragon egg and do the move where you you run across the stage and jump on your your guitar player's shoulders and hit it, you're you, you that that shows some real uh It does. And the of course the flip side of it is the singer's not a big guy and the guitar player's a big guy, you know. Um still. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I've had people jump on my shoulders before. I, I know what it is. But an athletic move. It is an athletic move. I will say that's like he was, he did a backflip at Rockfest. Oh wow! So uh, I think he's got a little bit of little something. Bit of, yeah, he's 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 got he's got some athleticism in him. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I'm, I I can sit here and talk about the six seven song Crobot set as you know it <laughs> it, it was awesome. Uh, they played a lot of stuff off the new album that's not even released yet. Yeah, um, that comes out June third, by the way. Which so the first half of it it wasn't bad per se, but it wasn't like I don't know any of these songs, and it was just because they're unreleased songs. But uh, yeah, that album's gonna come out soon. Probably gonna be an album of the year contender at least for me. I know their 2019 album was. Uh, I I hope that album brings a headlining tour. I don't know what level they are headlining yet. Um, it would be cool. I would imagine if they came through on a headlining tour, they would at least hit Delmar Hall, wouldn't you? Like an eight hundred seat. I, I would venue. hope. I I really I have really no grasp of how big they are because again, like when we we're at Rockfest, they had. It really is hard to say with when you when you see bands that mostly do that festival circuit circuit, you really just have no idea what they can do on their own. Yeah, because you I mean, and of course they never come anywhere near here. So they pulled, uh, you know, the the stage that they played on. It was a side stage, but that area probably holds fifteen hundred, two hundred, uh, not two hundred, fifteen hundred, two thousand people, and everyone there was excited to see Crowbot. So well, cool. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we do get a, a headlining set from them soon. And you saw them years ago open for Motorhead, right? I saw them open for Motorhead. They had a little bit of a different lineup. The rhythm section was um, a set of brothers that they parted ways with right. um, shortly after. Uh, and that was when they only had their first album out, which was uh, Legend of the Spaceborn Killer, I believe. I know that's the single. I think that's the, the album as well. Um, you know, they only had an album that to work with and they're playing the same bill as Saxon and Motorhead. And so, you know, they have to go out and be loud and be entertaining and they didn't do the, uh, the, the dragon egg or the backflips or the, the jumping on the shoulders, but they definitely brought the energy. You know, they, I kind of missed that their rhythm section, particularly their bass player is playing an SG bass and he was kind of standing on his tippy toes and just kind of like tap dancing around while, <laughs> uh, you know him. He was clearly having a a great time. So that gave way to Cradle of Filth, and you kind of you kind of fooled me a little bit because you like to look up the set list beforehand. I did look up the set list beforehand. You led me to believe that they'd only be playing five or six songs. I was fooled as well. Um, every every they ended up playing, I believe, nine songs. I was counting time. songs. I was like, oh, good, we only have two more left. Oh, good, we only have one more left. Yeah, they. Um, in that case, you should not go off my word <laughs> and you should look at when they started. I know they're legends. They're not my thing. You know, I figured they wouldn't be. They're a little too heavy for you. Um, they don't, I mean, they, they kind of, I don't mind the heavy. It's the, the droning. You know what I mean? What's the? I don't know. What you I mean. like uh, heavy. It's great if there's a, a melody or something. I guess just the driving of that, 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 you know, just over and over again. And then one guy. I mean, he had his move where he would do his his growl and then his King Diamond voice. Yeah, and no. he even did the same microphone move whenever he would do the. I mean, it looked. They played the same song nine times. They did um, I'm not gonna. I I I'm not gonna go to bat for cradle of filth too much because i only knew one song going into i knew what it was going to be though um you know it was it was going to be evil danny filth was going to be dressed up the way he is um the rest of the band the one part that i thought was interesting is during one song because usually when you see a metal band like that they're playing strictly metal instruments um but then one song uh not that this isn't a metal instrument but 
Uh, he played it for multiple songs. One of the guitar players was playing the DJ Ashba Schechter signature model, which is yes. maybe the first time I've ever seen a live artist playing the signature model of another of someone artist. else, right? It uh, is weird. But then the other guitar player, and it was only, only came out for a song, had that Jimi Hendrix right-handed Charvel, which yeah. was, it looked like a restrung left-handed with the flipped headstock, and it looked like it was beat to hell, and it's just a straight white strap, but it's replaced the whammy with a Floyd Rose because a normal whammy's useless. It just gets you out of tune. But, um, yeah, the the I think the highlight of Cradle of Filth, and I don't think she was featured as much as I would have featured her, is they have this keyboard player that also does like operatic right female vocals, vocals which you know in that first song that they play they kind of hit that really hard and the song that i knew that i didn't think they were going to play then they ended up playing she kind of has that that long thing in the middle which is that's the reason i like that i listened to the first five minutes to get to the part where she does her part um and i just then i've grown to like that song but yeah she was impressive and and you know the musicians were it was they're all impressive. It yeah. just, it drones on to me and it, I'm like, okay, let's, I you think know. it's the same thing that when we, we kind of, we talked about this with obituary where it's like, right. You know, you see them open a five song set and you're like, okay. Um, but when you extend their set a little bit, it gets, it goes on and on a little bit. Um, and I, I do think that as much as I, I thought they had a few songs that, here and there that I, I liked bits and pieces, but yeah, I think a lot of cradle of filth songs tend to, and I think that is because uh, I think it's kind of the untrained ear, if that makes sense. Like, just that—that's a—that's a style of music that I'm not even too familiar with. I like yeah. bands here and there, but there's just—you don't even know, really know what you're listening to whenever it's—it's it's that much going on. And and I—I I think I chalk it up to if I sat down, I—I I did want to go on a Cradle of Filth deep dive before that show and kind of prepare, and I didn't. Um, I feel like if I did, I would have appreciated a little bit more because part of it's when you're hearing songs that you don't know. I just, at least me personally, I really have a hard time enjoying myself. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I can, I can go to watch a band that I've never seen before, even heard of before, and totally dig it. Um, just not them. <laughs> so that brings us to the main event, which I was so excited to see. And and was not I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it would be a mess. I didn't know if I, I just didn't know. And it did not disappoint. It did not disappoint at all. Yeah. Uh our, one thing that I, I did want to mention, um, when they first came out, I don't know how quickly you picked up on it, but as the second I saw Tommy Victor, I was like, That's Tommy Victor from Prong. He's you, back at the Uptown well, Theater. Well and you picked up on that quick. I remember looking over because I was I was kind of focused on. Do you remember when the the roadie came out and pulled the Danzig mic back to the back of uh, stage left and just left it there at the corner of the amps? I do not know. Well, they, it was set, you know, center stage, like gonna, vocal mics usually are. I'm pause you when he did that. Did the crowd start cheering? As Probably they do as they did. Yeah, they, whenever a stage hand does anything. Um, no, he walked out to center stage and grabbed the lead vocal mic and pulled it back to the corner of, of, of the amps there, where, where the musicians would come out at the Uptown yes. Theater. I even said to you something, I was like, oh, they've, they've taken away Glenn's mic, and you were like, oh, that's not a good sign. You know, we were just kind of joking around. Um, 
And when he came out, it, they, he did it for a reason. I don't know why it was set where it was in the first place, because the idea is Glenn comes on stage right there, grabs the mic, and yes. runs around and does his thing. The Danzig thing. Yes. Right. And so I was focused on that, on Glenn's entrance. And, and you saw Tommy Victor. And I eventually, focused- I saw him, and I was like, that's when I leaned over to you. I was like, doesn't that kind of look like the, then you're already on it. <laughs> and yeah. Cause I mean, the second I saw, cause he, he was almost wearing the same outfit as he did. Right. And like he had the same, he has his Schechter signature model and he's wearing that. And, and he, I kind of remember he had like similar tattoos and he has that New York haircut. And I look like, I was pretty confident upon first look that, that was Tommy Victor, but then I had to fact check it. So then I was like, and I didn't know his, I couldn't remember his name at that time. So I was like, What's, that's the guy from prong. So then I, I looked up Prong and I was like, Tommy Victor, yes. And then I went, I didn't, you because you just went to Wikipedia. Yeah, as I do. And it just says, oh yeah, he's also in Danzig. Right. Which we had no idea. <laughs> he, had, he was in Danzig. Wasn't he in Danzig before Prong? Is that the, how the dates lined up? No, no, no. Okay. He, he played intermittently with Danzig starting in the mid 90s. So Prong was already a thing. Okay. okay. And he started, I, I guess, you know, filling in here and there and then became a permanent member in 2008. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, um, so then I, I ended up just going to his Instagram and I saw a picture from this tour posted like three days ago and I was like, yeah, that is Tommy Victor. But it was funny because you asked me, um, if Tommy Victor was the, the guitar player when we saw, when I saw Danzig at Rockfest and I, I had no memory of that, (laughs) but the idea of showing up to the prong show, I'm like, oh, that's Danzig's guitar player. (laughs) That would have been funny. Uh, and and speaking of guys who have fun on stage, there's Tommy, nobody that has more fun on stage than Tommy. Yeah, Tommy Victor and Todd Damon and Kearns need to get a <laughs> need to get something going. Um, ASAP, a super group called Fun Guys. Actually, Todd Damon Kearns. No disrespect to the Danzig bass player because I'm sure he did a fine job. I don't know how hard basing for Danzig is, but and he did a, he did a fine job. Todd Damon Kearns would would fit the uh, the the aesthetic that's true and you could get him next to danzig and you're like that guy's six nine and that guy's <laughs> five two um it'd be it'd be funny but so yeah glenn comes out and and again i didn't know what to expect you know he's a he's an older gentleman i know you saw them last year at Rockfest. um I, I just didn't know what to expect as far as energy or banter or even He's kind of an old man from Jersey, so you're all... Yeah, I didn't know if he's just going to be going through the motions. I just, I just, no, but he comes out, good energy, doing the, 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 the Glenn Danzig hold his mic funny thing. Hold his mic funny. <laughs> and, and he kind of like has his like power stance and, right. you know, he's 5'2 and not as body built as he used to as be. In the, yeah, you know, who, who is when they're in their 60s, but yeah, he's, but he still dresses as such with his big, uh, his big goat belt buckle and the... Yeah, I mean, it was just such a fun, you know, and then I, I didn't, ex- I, I just still, even though he sounded great and had good energy, I still didn't expect much banter. No, and, and most- and I think I was getting the vibe because there was the the whole no no phones No thing. recording thing, yeah. And they were, they were on top of it. They were, anybody that pulled out a phone, even before the show started, just to take a picture yeah. of the stage set or something, the the crew was, was putting a stop to it, so- Right away, you get the vibe that, oh, okay, this guy's humorless. <laughs> so, and I kind of get, you know, I get it. You know, phones are probably very distracting, especially in a smaller venue where you can like literally see every person. But, but it, it just does give you that vibe that, well, this is not going to be a fun, you know, but 
that said, he he had his he had his stage banter. Somebody somebody wanted something signed during the show, and it's a small enough venue where he could just yell out. And Glenn was like, yeah, "I'm working right now, buddy." You know? but, but but he was he he still he he was like he it was like kind of comedic though. He was right, like, exactly. He was, like, he was like, "I'm working right now, but I'll sign it later." And, and then he and they it, did, yeah, they did it. take it and 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 take it backstage. There's, there's and, no confirm that that guy got that back. <laughs> right, Danzig probably got a, it's a cool poster. I'm taking it, <laughs> but. Yeah, and then and then the just the way they did the set it itself. It was a little loose. It was very loose. It was very cool because he would just look at the set list and be like, "Ah, what do you guys want to hear? Something from two, something from three, Which you know." And I do think it's really cool. Not many artists have the not not many artists can even get away with the right because Led Zeppelin did. Now it's not cool anymore. Danzig, he he strikes me as the guy that doesn't care what Led Zeppelin does. Or did I don't like, think he cares what anybody does. Yeah, I, I think he like he probably listens to the albums and he finds he's like I can do that. Right, he, he doesn't see what the issue is. Um, but you know he his albums they they have names now. Uh, at least the uh, like four on. Well, they had names then. They just they had it was well, Danzig yeah. two Lucifuge. You know? Yeah, but now they're now they're just like right. other ones, just normal albums. But yeah, Dan. But he he would just be like, do you guys want one off one? And then he, that, there was the one part where someone was like, play Blood and Tears, which the cellist I had, Blood and Tears was in the next two or three songs anyway. Ah. And then... It was the old DJ trick where, oh, they just requested this and... Yes. And so he he's like, they're like, play Blood and Tears. And then he's like, do you guys want to hear Blood and Tears? And then everyone kind of cheers. And then he's like, or <laughs> would you like to hear How the Gods Kill? And that's a song right there. And the crowd got a lot louder for How the Gods Kill. And he's like... We're gonna play how the gods kill, and we'll we'll maybe come back to blood and tears later. Um, yeah. The the only complaint that I really have because I'm not big on recording that much anyway. I, like I'll if there's a band that I really want to see, and like they are playing what I have deemed my favorite song in the set list, I'll record that. Yeah, you want to you want to grab a little bit just for I like to, yeah I like to get, I get I like to get like a wide picture just of all the band, but I'm not gonna sit there and record like I used to. When I was younger, but now I'm like, eh. well, and then you, you just have those people that show up and just plant themselves and literally record every second it's, of every song, which is maddening because then it's maddening in front of you. It makes you nuts. It, However, if a pandemic hits and then say, you're, yeah, <laughs> until the pandemic comes in, you just sit all day. And those, to, then those people are our heroes. Yeah. You, you go subscribe to them on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So it, you know, not being able to record didn't bother me. The only thing that, I would change. I would have really liked to hear "Am I Demon." Um, yes, that's two Danzig shows in a row now where he didn't play "Am I Demon," which makes me believe not that he doesn't like playing "Am I Demon," but it's not a live um, staple in his. It's not apparently. You know, he and he and he played a lot. You know, he played more off of two than he did one. I looked at the the set list breakdown, um, but he closed with "Not of This World." Uh, they came out for the encore, and they start. They opened that with uh, "She Rides." They closed with "Mother," of course, which you know, I, it's almost. I, I've listened to "Mother" a few times since then, and I don't have anything bad to say about "Mother." But the hearing "Mother" live in the because it was a little bit different than even whenever I saw it at Rockfest. Yeah. The way they played it live was like way cooler than the studio. Like Tommy Victor was doing. He was playing the chords, but he was kind of doing that cool like pull off into the right, next right. chord, and it they had a little bit more distortion to it, and it was a little heavier. And well, so, and, and that 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 song is like the radio friendly hit that Danzig had. That yes. you know, 
he was kind of an underground guy till that song hit and then it was on MTV every 10 minutes. So it's, it's, it's not a pop song, but it is a radio friendly, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, you're right. They, you know, Tommy Victor's guitar playing is so amazing. He, he jazzed it up quite a bit. He does. Tommy Victor's a great guitar player for Danzig to have because he knows how to do the pinch harmonics pretty, pretty well. Um, which, which is a very important part of the Danzig experience. Yeah, they, um, you know, the set list, I can't, I can't uh, even remember what he opened with. Um, but I know that the crowd loved it. Um, even the, the people that seemed like they were there for Cradle of Filth and they were going to leave afterwards, right. they were hanging out for Danzig. And um, I didn't think, I figured there's going to be moshing for Cradle of Filth and not a lot for Danzig. Oh, there, there was, was. There was. There was. And and that was kind of cool, actually, too, because I'm thinking of some of the folks that were in the mosh pit that couldn't have been older than 23 or no, 24. I mean, of, yeah, there was there was young folks there. Younger lads there, which is good, because that means that uh, people have not forgotten Dan. One thing that I thought was funny when I, I mentioned this at the show was there was a lack of Misfits shirts. Yeah, that's true. And it's because the people that wear Misfits shirts have no idea who Glenn Danzig is. It's also true. There was one guy who was wearing a tank top, and he had a Misfits tattoo like on his shoulder right there. Um, sorry, audio listeners, which is all of you. <laughs> but I, I pointed to my shoulder. Um, and I was like, okay, that's the one guy in the house that knows who the Misfits are. Then there was that couple that had like the bedazzled leather jackets. With that the- was not only a couple... They had a they small had child a with small them. Small child with a huge mohawk. Or maybe a little person. I, I don't know because they had a, quite a bit of face makeup on too. Um, but I saw them. I, I went to the restroom and I walked past them. I did as well. And those were, it looked like homemade Danzig jackets. Yeah, like the back of them, at least the back of one of them had the Misfits logo yeah. on it. And it was all three of them. Yeah. That that had some sort of, so I don't know if they made those, if if the misfits sell those for $800 a piece or something. I, I don't know what's going on, but it was a family of, of leather bound misfits fans. Speaking of, uh, making merch going back to, um, our show, the break management show on the way out, we saw this couple and they had, uh, these shirts that on the back, they said like, I mean, it was literally like the comic sans font. It wasn't that great of a shirt. Uh, my, my partner was like, Oh, that's a cool shirt. I want that. And it was like a ho- clearly a, just a homemade shirt where they typed it into Microsoft Word, and, right? <laughs> but it it had the like Ozark Amphitheater, then the date, then all the all the bands that were there. Then there was another show. Why this is how we know it was likely a custom made shirt because there was a second show above it that was I I can't remember the lineup, but another rock show that happened earlier in the month or so. But it was funny that uh, it's funny that that's a thing now. It is. It's it's so easy to make your own like you know one of one of my Christmas present staples every year is band shirts that are custom or homemade and um you know I I like them because I got a, this year I got a Hawken and Caligula's horse which you're not <laughs> going to find those at Hot Topic that is true hey one more word about the Danzig show again this is another one we saw at the Uptown Theater in Kansas City and that that is quickly becoming one of my favorite it's venues a, it's a good venue it's. It's an older theater, so the sound is not great because it's not built for, you know, heavy line array, no, you know, rock sound necessarily. But you know, if you stand in the right place, and you know, it, it's it's fine. It's not terrible. There, I've I've been to much worse. Um, but it's a you know, it's a beautiful place. It's wide open. It's it's yeah. I I just I just really like the Uptown Theater. Easy to get to. 
sometimes you can park across the street. Sometimes you can't. We can't can't quite figure that out, but you're not going to pay to park there, which is nice. No, and I I thought that show was, up until you told me it was at the uh, Uptown, I was planning on going to the Truman. You were going to meet me at the Truman, and I wasn't going to be there. Uh, yeah, so I, I was, I was ready to go to the Truman and I was, which bummed me out. Cause I was like, I don't, again, I don't have $10 to park. So I, I text you, <laughs> you like, know, oh, what are you doing? I was like, oh, okay. I'll be there soon. <laughs> All right. We're going to wrap this up. Thanks for listening. Everyone in the upcoming weeks, we're going to check out that new music from Matthew Heafy. The black keys have a new album out. We're going to do a, a little run on that. The band Motor Sister, I don't know how many people are familiar with Motor Sister, but it's Scott Ian from Anthrax and his wife, Pearl Aday. And they're, uh, they're an L.A.-based, just straightforward rock band, a little different from, from Anthrax. They've got a new album out. And the Black, Mood, the Black Moods, the Black Moods, the Black Moods have new music coming out. And we're actually going to go see them, uh, I think, the first week of July. They're playing a... A private party we've been invited to, so we're, we're very important. You also get to um, in the in the next couple days, we're going to see um, Hailstorm and that is right, Hailstorm, uh, Wolfie, highly suspect, maybe Papa Roach. Yeah, we'll see what kind of endurance we have. <laughs> the, um, yeah, that's that's happening in just a few days as well too. So we'll we'll give you a rundown on that show. So in the meantime, go to our website at itsthewayofrock.com, support the podcast, and pick up a t-shirt or a hoodie. You can use promo code ROCK1, ROCK1, all caps. Save yourself 15% and get some cool merch. You can email us at itsthewayofrock at gmail.com. And check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at itsthewayofrock. So for Jack, this is Jeff, and we will talk to you next time. (laughs) 